0: Hi, John. Hey, Jenna. How are you? I'm well. Uh, we're back to talk about our second, I guess, faculty development thing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're calling this one Great Expectations. There was a book, right, oh, Great Expectations?
1: Dickens, yes. Okay.
0: It's not that at all. But, mm-hmm. um no. We got some good feedback, so thanks everyone for giving us your feedback. And we thought today that we would talk a little bit about what we kind of expect out of our residents at different stages of training and at different cores. Because I know that when I work with residents, I really tailor my teaching and what I expect out of them depending on what level they are, whether they're categorical or combined. Because. Um, the training is different, and I also change it depending on what core I'm in. So, I might have different expectations for an intern in core A than I do for an intern at Wilmington. Do you Yeah, feel I think the that's fair. Way?
1: Yeah. You know, most often when I go into a shift, I'm kind of thinking along that in a framework in terms of, you know, set some expectations for residents while on shift and set some expectations for myself um, in terms of, you know, what to expect.
0: So, I guess, should we start and talk about? Kind of each different level and what we expect out of them.
1: Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Should we, I don't know, should we start at the top and go down or should we start at the bottom and go up?
1: Uh, bottom go up.
0: Bottom go, go up. Yeah, All right, so let's thing. talk about PGY1s. So uh, I think there's a, a big learning. I almost break PGY1s up into like early PGY1s and late PGY1s. So what do you, I don't know, what do you think PGY1s are, Should we should expect of them?
1: That's a great question. I think it really depends on sort of the day of the week and the time of the year, and it's very sort of up in the air. You know, I I want to think that RPGY ones are very capable of handling just about everything, but the reality is, um, you know, especially early on in the year, they're just fresh out of medical school, and many of them are still used to kind of what they did as medical students, so um, my expectations are uh, a little bit lower, I think, in you know the beginning of the year, whereas, you know, when they've spent... Uh, couple blocks in the emergency department understand the flow, specifically, the, you know, the core specific flow, then my expectations for them kind of change. You know, I have a little bit greater confidence that they're going to be able to, um, you know, f- find what they need to find and and report it back in a timely fashion. So.
0: Yeah I think it's really hard to know what to expect of them given that you don't often know what other rotations they've been on. Have they been in the ICU yet? Have they been on trauma yet? Some of them are front-loaded with EMs. They get a lot of EM up front and some of them get a a lot on the back. I often don't have a ton of expectations for them. I I think my baseline expectation is that they can take a history and physical, an EM appropriate history and physical. So not a lot of extraneous details really to the point and i would expect at this point maybe i don't know how you feel that they could start to tell a patient's story a little bit and give you an appropriate presentation for that story
1: yeah i think and that's, that's about, about it i think that's about it i think yeah. if you're going to expect anything more like they're going to be able to give you a cohesive sort of plan in terms of what they're going to do and how they're going to work a patient up then perhaps you know our expectations are a little bit high some of them can certainly do that but it's few and far between so
0: I think, too, everyone always asks how many patients per hour they should be seeing, and that's a really tricky thing to um, ascertain for a PGY-1. But I think, in general, we expect them to see about 8 to 10 patients per shift, and that's by the end of their PGY-1 year. That's historical. We've looked at view numbers going right. back up to John's years, yeah. uh, and that's about what our system and our department and the residents are capable of in our environment. So I think that that's a good goal. I would not, you know, really think too much about somebody who's seeing less than that, although if they're seeing something like four or five patients a shift, then we should probably talk.
1: Yeah, Yeah? I agree. Okay.
0: Awesome. What about PGY2s, which is, we see in our, in the office, this is like the year of exponential growth. Because they just... And there is such a big difference between the early part of the year, the late part of the year. And a lot of residents kind of, we call bloom in this year. And we have late bloomers and early bloomers. It takes a while sometimes for people to put it all together. So what are are your expectations for PGY-2s?
1: The advantage of the PGY-2 year in general is they just spend more time at the department. On top of all that, they're doing a little bit more of the acute medicine. They're taking care of the sickest of the sick. And my expectations at the beginning of the year, again, having just come off intern year, um, are a little bit less than, you know, midway through the year and certainly at the end of the year where um, many of them are functioning like our PGY-3s and running the core and doing a fantastic job. But I'll say that the PGY-2 year for me is not about the A three E rooms. It's more about, like, Core C and E when they're with me. Um, and that's when I begin to sort of have them develop this, like, commander of the ship kind of thing. That's what I like to call it. But where they're running the show, where they're responsible for the 10 to 12 rooms in Core C or Core E, um, and they're really responsible for sort of moving patients through the system. So that is kind of where I am with the PGY two class um, in general, and what I want to see from them. I mean, I like the acute care, I like A through E, but like for me, I really feel like that's where they can shine. And for most of us, we're not going to be taking care of you know the sickest of the sick go into other jobs. They're going to be working in a place much like core E or core C, where occasionally there are some sick patients, but the you know the bulk of them they have to sort of get through and. And so that's what I like to, that's kind of what I expect from my PGY2s.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that um, when they're in Coray and a little bit at Wilmington, they are just putting out fires and they're doing the critical care and they're doing the procedures and, Hopefully they're doing that well and relatively efficiently, although we know that that can sometimes be a challenge just given any given shift. But um, the place where the real work, the non-critical work, you know, efficiency work really happens is in c not so much at Wilmington for them. And that's when you do start to kind of um, expect them to carry a little bit more of the load in those areas then we certainly would expect of a PGY one, and I think it's unfortunate right now our PGY twos actually don't work that many CNE shifts. Uh, we're working on trying to change that a little bit so they can get a little bit out of the critical areas and start to get that skill set that's really important for lifelong emergency medicine a little bit earlier. Right, I agree. How about PGY threes? What are your expectations for them?
1: Um, I mean, I really expect many of them to sort of be leaders in the the department, and that doesn't always mean seeing the most patients. It means, you know, getting some of the dirty work done, learning the art of emergency medicine, learning how to be a good conductor or facilitator, and not so much like taking care of the sickest of the sick. So, um, you know, my goal for the PGY-3s would be to understand departmental flow more so than how to take care of sick patients and that sort of thing. Um, What does that
0: mean to you, though?
1: Just to have an understanding of, like, what's out front and how can we start to bring those people back and get them seen. You know, what do I need to do as a physician to kind of make that happen? Our PGY3s just need, need to have a more global understanding of what emergency medicine is all about.
0: I also see it a little bit as knowing... Uh, when to alter your workup based yeah. on how busy the department is and knowing when your juniors are maybe in a little bit of trouble or in over their head or when they can be pushed a little bit. That's and yeah. I also like that idea of like knowing what's in your rack and maybe not seeing people sequentially, like right. knowing what needs to be seen next and what can be delegated off. Certainly in c C&E, and I, I expect them to run the show and it's a push for them to see all those rooms by themselves, but that's what they're going to be expected to do when they leave, and so I think it's a good expectation overall to work towards. Again, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they're all going to have this skill set right away, uh, but eventually they'll kind of get there. What about our combined programs? Because the combined residents are different because they have different training. So they overall spend more time in the department by the time they graduate at five years. But in their individual years, at times, they'll spend a lot less time in the department. So, And, and the two programs are different. EM-FM and EMIM have different training outside of the emergency department. So I think of them actually as a little bit different.
1: The categorical programs are very linear, linear meaning you, you get from year one to year three, and it's a relatively sort of clear-cut kind of path. The, the thing that happens... Notoriously, with our combines, is that it's less linear. It just be, it's it's uh, it's slow to start, and then it ramps up in years four and five. To the point, even where many of those residents who've been here for five years have a great deal more knowledge of the, the hospital-wide system than even some of our categorical threes. So by the time they're they've spent five years here, that you know my expectations of them are far and above what I would expect of you know their juniors, and certainly our PGY twos and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, I think it's all about when they do their time in the emergency department and how much time they've done.
0: I think one thing a lot of people don't realize is that our EMIMs spend most of their time here in the inpatient areas at Christiana, whereas our EMFMs spend most of their time outpatient at Wilmington. And so knowledge of the system as well as knowledge of inpatient medicine versus outpatient medicine differs between the two of them greatly. And I agree by the time they all get to PGY-5s, They are just phenomenal because they know the ins and outs in our systems. They know how to navigate and negotiate relationships extremely well. I generally, I I almost always ask the combined residents what year they are Mm -hmm. because believe it or not, even I forget sometimes, you know, kind of want to reset my expectations and make sure that I'm giving them a fair shake as to what I can expect out of them. I always have to
1: ask Coletti what, what year he is too.
0: We talked a little bit about what, like, the goal of a core A shift versus c versus Wilmington versus Middletown. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: The goal of core A depends on the PGY year. Um, I think if you're a PGY 1 or even a combined PGY 2 or 3, you're just getting... of a feel for what core A is and the acuity of core A, and then everybody almost gets admitted. It's kind of a crazy core. It's not the real world. So, um, you know, that's what I would say. I would say get in, get your hands wet, see sick patients, get comfortable with critical care. That might be one of the things about core A.
0: Yeah, and I think Zini, we talked about it, it was really just about... Um, starting to take ownership for a complete set of rooms and really owning it and trying to see every place, everybody in that core and manage all the phone calls and manage the consultants and the admissions and all the fires that pop up along the way. So that's really what CNE are about.
1: C&E are some of my favorite shifts, actually, because you have a chance to work with a particular resident one-on-one and, you know, what for an educator, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the best case scenario.
0: Yeah, so. I agree. Really kind of dig in a little bit. Wilmington, I don't know. I just think it's a little bit of a free-for-all. I was there yesterday, and, you know, I think everybody is just trying. It's volume at Mm -hmm. Wilmington. That's just really what it's all about. And so I think, um, you know, trying to focus, you know, again, your second year is putting out a lot of the fires and seeing a lot of the sick people, and your third year, if you have one, is running around trying to pick up the slack. Wilmington is a little bit harder to have, like, specific educational
1: goals. That said, I do try and tell the residents that, um, their goal is to really sort of sort through the weeds. There's a lot of like extraneous data data that comes in with those patients and you know trying to really find the sick people is really difficult, I think, at once. And So that is a special skill. So
0: we're gonna wrap it up. This is kind of a short one. So if you can think about take homes, what would your take homes be?
1: Well, I mean I think that we have sort of tiered expectations for our residents, you know, moving from PGY one to PGY three or four or five. You know, just having some you know, basic knowledge about where our residents are coming from and, and how much time they've actually spent uh both in the hospital and in the emergency department so
0: i think that's a great thing and i, I wouldn't hesitate to ask we're a right. big group we have you know something like 70 attendees or 62 residents uh you might not work with a resident for six to nine months so you may forget what year they are or what program they're in. And I would not feel bad about asking them that. Not at all. And um, I agree, just kind of having a general sense of what our tiered expectations are and knowing that it is not cookie cutter, that um, it's still going to vary for each individual resident. And each individual resident here often has their own set of learning goals that they develop with our leadership team. Uh, but we kind of have that general framework of expectations. Um, and we work on different things depending on what core we're in. So think about what you like to work on in certain cores and, and how you approach certain residents because you may have a different approach than us. And we would love to hear about that. I think so, that's yeah. it. I think that's all we've got for episode number two. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess we will talk to you all later.